Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let the Stands. You are here today with your host Eats McKenzie and, and Shopper. Brilliant. And as you can tell, we are missing a limb today. Oh wow. We're using that exact phrasing. Yeah, we are. Um, Shout um, out to Mostly Lit. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking it's basically from Mostly Lit. But yeah, Nick is away on holiday, hopefully relaxing and enjoying himself. But me and Shopper are here to, you know, bring you the news as usual, talk about things that are relevant and to introduce you to new music. Shopper, how are you? I'm good. Once again, you know, another four-day weekend. It yep. makes a wealth of difference to your mood. You can hear it in your voice. Capitalism still sucks. But here we are. And yeah, that is me. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, four-day weekend is definitely making a difference to my mood. Yesterday, I did nothing at Same. all. I woke up at 10. Um, I just stayed in my house. 12? Wow, okay. Um, I stayed in my house the entire day and did fuck all. Listen to music. Loa Kana dropped an album two days ago or yesterday yesterday, yesterday that's it Listen, is it good yes I, I know you're a bit of a stand but honestly, i'm not a stand but it's, it's good because those singles weren't doing much for me I'll, I'll, and it, the thing is it works in the album but i'll, I'll tell you okay. about that when i go into listen so is it better than his last album let me answer that question let me think about it answer okay. it during the album review um but yeah go on do your thing shopping. well yeah we're gonna get into it now what we've been listening to the last week so i've got two albums and two songs or a selection of songs i should say so firstly we're going to get into marvin gaze you're the man oh you finally listen to it yes so for those who aren't aware um you're the man is an unreleased lost album from 1972 it was supposed to be the follow-up to obviously his landmark political album what's going on but for a variety of reasons he didn't put it out and now 47 plus years or so <laughs> later <laughs> Motown have finally put it out. It's coincide with what with what would have been Marvin's 80th birthday if his father didn't shoot him. Oh, um, what? Nothing. What? Not nothing. Just continue. Wait, that's what happened. I know, but it's just don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. But that's what happened. All right. Continue. Why is that funny? No, it's just like I, I don't know. You could have just said when he, if he didn't die. No, we have to make it clear because his father was trash. Okay. For taking, taking him away from us. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so the album finally came out. And my thing with posthumous albums are always a bit weird, especially when the... Because it's just kind of like, I don't really know what the intention was. Because as far as I know, this album wasn't actually ever put together and just shelved. It was just merely songs he was recording in a particular period and he just kind of put them away. Yeah. And it kind of shows in the project. So there definitely are like some really, really, really strong songs on here. Some really great songs. And it kind of is like a continuation of the themes on what's going on. But it's actually a lot more urgent and a bit more explicit in critiquing like the system and politicians. Like actually names like President Nixon in some of the songs. And it's actually just a lot more... Um, more of a call to action whereas I feel like what's going on was a lot more of like let's come together and unite in peace and love and harmony what's happening while also kind of implicitly critiquing what's going on in terms of class and race and the war and stuff like that but there are also just some songs on here which I just kind of feel out of place and I don't know why there's two Christmas songs on here and I understand that he might have recorded those around the same time but like I said it's not I wouldn't recall this a lost album because as far as we know, it wasn't like he had the album, hey Motown, this is the album, and then he scrapped it. These are just a collection of songs that he recorded. It's a compilation. Yeah, of songs that he recorded between What's Going On and Trouble Man. Mm. So 
Um, but you know, there are some really amazing, amazing songs in here. Like, and it's just amazing to see where he was going in terms of the, I guess the, the social political route he was going down. That we obviously we see so much now with a lot of our artists, especially in the hip hop community, because Marvin was arguably one of the first to really discuss such issues and be a big pop star and actually sell loads of albums. But I um, know there are some really, really um good songs on here. Let me just go get the track listing up now to name some of my favorites. One second. Well, as you're looking for that, I'll just say like I really, really hate when labels release albums by artists that are dead. It just really bothers me because it just further proves that it's not really an agreement between two people, but it's like seeing someone as a product. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very annoying, especially when it comes to black people. I don't know, it just rubs me the wrong way. Mm. So that being, but that, but that being said, this is a very solid album. I do have some issues with the sequencing, and there definitely are some songs that are a bit forgettable. But like I said, obviously that you know lays credence to the fact that obviously Marvin didn't put these out for a reason back in 1972. Mm. But there are some really strong songs in here that I am glad have seen the light of day now. So um, you're the man. I love, love, love that song. I really just love how funky that is, and it kind of is like a distant cousin of inner city blues from what's going on so like it was nice to see him still in that kind of funk and jazz experimentation because that was another thing they kind of introduced on the album he kind of really started because i feel like motown um legendary as they are they kind of had to make palatable soul music a lot of the big classics that we love are generally palatable classic soul music Mm. whereas marvin was like no i want to start incorporating this now and start being a bit more musical and being a bit more expansive with how I write my music and he got a lot of pushback initially but he protested and got it out and that was continued on this album and obviously the albums that followed afterwards so yeah you're the man the world is rated x I love the lyrics in that song um I love try it you'll like it woman of the world even though it's slightly problematic song why because he's basically <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> so basically woman of the world it's a great song to listen to, but we actually listen to the lyrics. It basically is discussing how, because obviously in the late seventies, well, sorry, early seventies, women were start, women rights were starting to be a bit more of a, a political agenda in the world at the time. Like I think that same year, Shirley Chisholm ran for president. That year, she was the first woman to run, run for president. So she's basically saying that it's amazing that women are like start to come up in the world and gain their autonomy. But it's like, what about us? What about the men? Oh, God. And it's just like, don't forget where you've come from. And that's just like, oh, Marvin. But you have to remember, this is a black man in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I, this is like, you know, when you think about the time, like it makes sense, but slightly problematic song. But um, yeah, so check it out, guys. There are some really good songs in here. There are some songs that should have been left out. The Christmas songs should not be on here because why is a Christmas... It's randomly thrown in. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is... what. The, one of the songs on here has been out for years. It's actually on our Christmas playlist that I put out last year. It's actually on that playlist. Oh, really? It's been out for years. But I'm guessing they put it on here because it was recorded around the time mm. of these other songs. But no, there are some really good songs on here, so I do highly recommend it. And for, for any you know Motown enthusiasts or Marvin Gaye enthusiasts, there are some really um, incredible songs in here that you will enjoy. So, As a fan of Marvin Gaye, would you prefer that they left this alone or they released it? I I wouldn't have I've, I kind of wouldn't have cared either way I mean I've always known of this album's existence mm. and I always knew that it was a lot more um, politically 
explicit than what's going on. So I was kind of curious to hear it. And it was nice to hear it. It's so like the world is rated X. Like he's like really going at mm. people and piece of clay, try your like. He's like really talking about respect for black people, respect for lower class. Like he's really going, like, mm. I feel like he lyrically didn't hold back. Whereas even on the last stop, even though it was groundbreaking for the time, I feel like listening to it in 2019, it's like, it's kind of, tame mm. but i imagine back then it was obviously wow marvin gay the prince of motown discussing race and class ah. and war what the fuck is that yeah but this album was a lot more like oh okay marvin's really Go going there yeah so some of the songs those songs are really cool i'm glad I, I, i've are out now but so is, is it more of a a want than a need yeah i didn't need it I didn't need it, but it's nice to hear them. Yeah. And, are, and a lot of the songs, I feel like I will definitely will be playing now. But you see, this is as my, I would with this is my main gripe with these fucking labels, man. Like, it's just he's dead. Like, it's, it's they did it to Michael Jackson. They've done it to Whitney Houston. No, no not Whitney Houston. Um, uh, yeah, done? no, they haven't. I'm sorry, they haven't released any of her unreleased music. They will. Music. They will. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. They did it to Bob Marley, I believe, because he has yes. some songs under his bed. Yes. Um, they did it to Prince. Like they released all of his stuff onto streaming platforms and stuff like that. It's funny you mentioned that because I actually didn't know. I actually, I, maybe I missed that, but I only found out two days ago that all of Prince's music on Spotify. Yeah. And I can't lie. I, I had, a, had a field day at my house. It's I, fucking I, annoying, isn't it? No, but no. You, I know I enjoy it because uh, I love Prince. Oh, and no, no, the thing is, I get it. I do get it. It's such, it's so terrible, especially knowing Prince hated the internet. Prince was very anti this, very. What, hated the internet in general? Like, hated the internet and music piracy and having, uh, okay. getting his music online for free. Like, he hated that stuff. Like, mm. when he was alive, it was so hard to access his music online. It was so hard. Like, you actually had to buy his music to enjoy it, like I did. Mm. But I can't lie, because I was at work, and then they were, we just had a Prince hour in my office. And I'm like, where are you playing this? He's like, Spotify, like, Prince? <laughs> He's not on Spotify. He's like, uh, yes, he is. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and every Prince album's on Spotify yeah, now. Yeah, every all, single one. All 42 of them or whatever. I'm like. Wait, no. All 42? They're all on Spotify. Last time I saw they had like three. No, all of them are there now. Right, that's All nuts. of them are there. That's nuts. Everything from 1977 to 2016, they're all there. Fuck, man. Soundtracks, live albums. They're there. That's depressing. <laughs> That's so depressing. But I can't lie. I went home. <laughs> Later, cab driver. I enjoy <laughs> And I actually have, like, I actually legally own a lot of his music anyway. But it was nice to hear the stuff that, because obviously being a Prince fan, is he has like 40 plus albums. I don't know every Prince album that exists. So it was nice to hear some albums that, I mean, I weren't as familiar with to just like check out and enjoy, like Love Sexy. Did they slap? Yes. Because <laughs> for me, of the, f of, I, I'm familiar about, about with, with 10 of his albums of the 40 he has. <laughs> oh, God. And I always say my favorite Prince albums are Controversy, 1999, Purple Rain, Sign of the Times, and Musicology. Those are my favorite Prince albums. Mm. But I heard Love Sexy for the first time. Not the first time, but like properly. Probably taking it in. Probably yeah, taking yeah, yeah. it in. And it slaps. Yeah, it slaps. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I heard his very first album properly for the first time. There's a, song, well. there's a song called Sexy Dancer. Bang! <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Prince was incredible. Yeah, man, he was something else. But this is the thing, this is my argument, because I feel like even though he may not have wanted it, but 
it keeps his name and legacy alive because people are going to discover him, especially people who are like me who obviously aren't from his generation mm. or people even younger than us. Like they're going to like go search him because obviously they're going to hear his name all the time. They want people were like, oh, why was Prince so great? So I can go on Spotify, Apple Music. Do you think they'll get it? Mm. It's a very different type of sound now. I feel, see, it's funny, so my journey with Prince was very interesting. I feel like it's only, I went through a phase when I was just trying to just absorb every, all of the old school people. And I remember when I was like 12 years old, I just didn't get Prince. Like mm. there were certain songs I loved, but as a whole, I just didn't really get it. I feel like his sound was very out there and expansive and had all these different influences. But as I got older and as I kind of started like listening to loads of other funk music, other jazz music, other A's R&B music, when I came back to him, it made more sense because I had the context of everything that mm. obviously made him who he was and obviously who his contemporary was at the time, like so Morris Days and The Times and Vanity Six. So I came back like, oh! So I remember like... um. Beginning of uni times, first of uni, I was really starting to get mm. Prince. I was starting to like really understand, oh, this is why you're so dope. And his musicianship was mad. Yeah, like, yeah. even the fact that he like played like every instrument known to man, but like, when you actually listen to the way he would like write his songs, like the, the chord progressions, the modulations, the way he would arrange his vocals. He was in, in a genius, literally a genius. Mm. But then, um, it's only like in the last six years or so, I've like, I understand Prince. So I feel like of people younger than me, I feel like it'll be a similar thing. I feel like at first, maybe not so much, but I feel like as you get older, and if you want to research, people don't want to research, not everyone's like me. <laughs> it's true, Shopping. Yeah, like, no one wants to research like me. But I'm very much like, I'm very passionate about... Yeah, you're an encyclopedia for music. Oh, thank you. I'm very passionate <laughs> about like going back. Like I, I say every week, Steve Wonder's like the greatest thing in the world to me. Thing? Yes talking book music of my mind great sounds of you ever in your life but as i feel like with them it's like if you go back and listen to other artists or even artists who he's inspired so if you listen to someone like miguel or even certain beyonce songs there's a few beyonce songs which are very very prince like school in life is one dance few is one rocket those are like very prince-esque mm. songs even janelle Monáe. yes janelle yes dirty computer bear prince yeah. influences heavy on that album pink Pink, yeah. Uh, what else was there? Um, Screwed. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Make yeah, yeah. Me Feel, of course. But yeah, so like, I felt like this is too, even as he's inspired in over the years. So even another one, Lenny Kravitz, like over time, you'll be able to like kind of make sense of it when you actually go back to mm. the root of it. But um, yeah, so that's Marvin Gaye. <laughs> <laughs> and Prince. Marvin Gaye and Prince. Um, secondly, we have Anderson Pack Ventura. Ooh. You finally got around to it then. And this album just gave me so much joy. So much joy. And I would start by saying, it's so, in this weather we're having today in London, it's such a perfect album to listen to. 22 degrees. I was walking to the train station, blasting some of my headphones. This is just such a great summer <laughs> album. And I'm actually going to a party tonight and I'm telling my friend who's DJing, you need to play like a good three songs on this album. You, you, you could never come to my party and tell me what I need to play. I will. <laughs> you really can't. But I, I will. Come to my event and say you need to play yes, these. I, no, I did at uni as well. But the playlist is already sorted. I did at uni as well. It doesn't matter. I'll go to, to, to these white DJs. Oh, you need to can play this in like two hours or play this. I, I actually would do it. No, I'm sorry. The playlist is sorted. You will come and enjoy. If you're a good DJ, you will incorporate it. I will suggestions. be a bad DJ and enjoy myself. <laughs> I don't care. It's not for you. It's for the audience. At my party. 
if you're the DJ, it's for the audience. Oh, if I'm the DJ? Yeah. No, if I've just set up like a playlist or something like that and I've just left it well, on the side. Add to queue. Nah, I'm all right. Add to queue. I've thought about it and I've ordered it so that people enjoy the music. And there's always, you know, as Beyonce said, you could always improve. But, okay. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, I'll start by saying that it's a great summer album. But no, it's a, just a wonderful return to form because as I said in detail, late season one, that Oxnard, though it was not a bad album, I kind of feel like there's just a lot of missteps and it was quite a clumsy effort. And I just kind of feel like he just, I feel like we lost Anderson Pack. I feel like he kind of was just, I just didn't feel him mm. there. Even though it's his album, I still feel like he was there. I feel like he was just under the weight of the producers is working with Dr. Dre, executive producing and label label and i think you're just trying to be a bit more poppy and a bit yeah. more mainstream whereas this and i'm not saying it to say that he has to make malibu part two for it to be a good album because and this is to one of my co-workers who said that oh you want a malibu part two no i fucking loved venice which sounds nothing like malibu <laughs> i loved venice i loved his um projects of knowledge which sound nothing like malibu mm. i just wanted a good album and oxnard was not that <laughs> Sorry to say, and and you and I feel like it was quite a universal opinion. I feel like yeah, most people I people spoke to, like they it. just weren't banged with it. And that being said, there are like seven songs which I do think are really, really good. But as a whole, it just underwhelmed. Mm. But I just felt that this was just really, really good. It was just like very earnest and wide ranging in like the genres of like soul and hip hop and West Coast hip hop especially. I just feel like he just was, a, it's a really good return to form. And the collaborations are incredible. Yeah. On G3000. Except Smokey Robinson, which. I'm gonna get to him in a sec. <laughs> on G3000, you know, he comes out of hiding to do a verse on someone's album every once in a while. Killed it as usual. Some of my favorite voices, Layla Hathaway, Jasmine Sullivan and Brandy all on the same album. Doing her scat, scat right? Who? Layla Hathaway. Yeah. Yes. Layla Hathaway. Can we just have a second to discuss how her voice is a vibe in itself? Mm. Like her, her voice. Like even when she could just be singing gibberish. I would highly recommend anyone listen to this podcast search for Layla Hathaway harmonizing with herself. Yes. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how she does that. It doesn't make sense. I like, don't know how she does that. And, and I mean that, like she harmonizes with her own voice. She sings chords w with her own voice. Yeah. And I can't, and I've seen it live. I saw her in, in Camden last year and she did it. And I literally was like, so you actually are doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and she did it a cappella yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just watching her like, but, <laughs> but how are you doing that? And the crowd just lost it every time she did it. Yeah. She do it for fun. Yeah. Like she could, she's not only can she do it, she's so skilled at it. She can do it for bands. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take a deep breath now. Like she just does it. Yeah, but that's mastery. That's just, <laughs> yes. That's mastery. Perfect word. She has mastery over that. Yeah. I don't know how she does it, but her dad's one of the, one of the greats anyway. Mm -hmm. So pff, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so Layla Hathaway, Jasmine and Brandy all on the same album. Just Killing it, mm. killing it, killing it, killing it. Smokey Robinson allegedly is on this album. Do you know what? With Ventura, I feel like Anderson Pack just accepted he has a sound from a certain era. Like, I feel like with Oxnard, he tried to reach out to people from, like, current music and was like, okay, I'm going to make an album and um, I'm going to try to appeal to a younger audience. But his, his kind of sound doesn't really... No, but I would say Ventura... No, but I would say Ventura... The thing is... The, thing, the reason why I love Anderson so much... When I think about Malibu and this album especially, 
his sound is very much obviously rooted in throwback sounds, but it's not it's not dated. It's still very fresh. No, but I think current sound. I think the too. fact he's enlisted the help of so many artists who are throwback artists in a way mm-hmm. um, just kind of shows that he's accepted his sound caters to a certain audience. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know. I feel like he's still very much in tune with our generation. You would say that. Yeah, he sounds very. It doesn't sound like, like I said, clearly he's influenced by old school music, like clearly. But it doesn't sound like a tribute to that era. Mm. It's like, it's very much clearly I've taken from these different eras, but it's very fresh, I feel. Whereas with Bruno Mars' last album, that was clearly a tribute to the 80s. Yeah, 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 you're right. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. Like, whereas Anderson's like, yeah, I love... OJ's, yeah, I love Prince. Yeah, mm. I love Marvin Gaye. Yeah, yep. I love Frankie, Frankie, and Frankie Beverly and Mays. Mm. And I love Dr. Dre. I love NWA. Da, da, da. But it still sounds fresh to me. I wouldn't look at something like Yada Yada or, or Re- what's the song with Layla Hathaway? Reaching for, what's it called? Reaching for Circles or something like that. Reaching Too Much. That's mm. the one. It sounds, it sounds modern. It sounds current, but it's obviously clearly inspired by older music yeah but um yeah so anderson pack did the damn thing but i just have these two things to say Smokey robinson you are not on the album <laughs> um i don't know why it says featuring and the thing is i saw a clip of them in the studio together and it just sounds like Smokey just directed his vocals yeah produced his vocals which obviously that is obviously incredible to have mm. a legend like him produce your vocals but just have that in the credits yeah, yeah. you don't it doesn't it's not featuring anybody mm. You know, he's on background. No, no, he's not. He's not. The only yeah, I per- can't hear him. The only person I hear on background is Anderson. <laughs> so, but shout out to you for, you know, teaching the younger generation. He's of an OG. And I always say Smokey Robinson is the original babyface, the original Neo. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's like the original guy that wrote hits for everyone, but had his own hits himself. I'm, lo- I'm loving the fact you left out someone. We talking about this the person we can't talk about. You said the original Neo, the original Smokey Babyface. Babyface, sorry. Who's the other one? The person we can't speak about anymore. Who? Because he's been cancelled. The person who wrote songs for everyone. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, it's nice oh. that he's not in your memory anymore, so oh. <laughs> the way you just left him out, I was just oh, like, okay. I actually didn't even think about it. But yes, <laughs> he is that that person who can't be named. Yeah. Voldemort. He, he's that person too. Oh, what a shame. Yep, well, the game is the game. Anyway, so that's Anderson Pack. So my favorite songs on this album are... Hold on, let me just turn this down. Reaching Too Much with Layla Hathaway. Um, oh, yeah, Good Hills. That needs to be a longer song. Good Hills? Who's that featuring? Jasmine. That needed to be longer. It was only a minute and 40 seconds. That was an injustice to us. <laughs> that needed to be a longer song. No, it's always the songs that are shorter that are, that are really good. Though. It is really good, but it could have been longer. Yeah. It I guess it been... did what it was supposed to do. Left you leaving. Yeah. Like, more, it's very satisfying so. listening, but that should have been a much longer song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Chosen One and Jet Black with Brandy. Those are my favorite mm. songs. Jet Black, that actually might be my favorite. I really, really fuck with that song. Mm. I really And Twilight, actually. I love that song. There's a lot of good songs on this album. Like, There's it's, one song that doesn't bang, though. Which one's up? What Can We Do featuring Nate Dogg. I'm sorry, it just didn't work for me. <laughs> it looked like a bit of a weird feature, to be honest. No, the thing is, the feature makes a lot of sense. Does it's it? like, I feel like 
if if Nate Dogg was alive, those two would have such amazing musical chemistry. No, 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 they would, but just on this album because he kind of enlisted the help of a lot of R and B singers, and Nate Dogg is like, well, he's not a rapper. Yeah, he's not, but he's he's not really. They, he enlisted the help of vocalists, is what I will yes. say. And Nate Dogg isn't really a no, but obviously, you know, they both are a fierce for Dr. Dre, mm. and and it's not Anderson, but Nate Dogg was kind of like the guest vocalist for a lot of hip-hop tracks yeah, back yeah, yeah. in the day. So, like, I can see the connection. Mm. You know, when I saw the list, I'm like, oh, this is gonna, this is going to bang. Mm. Nate Dogg and Anderson Pack, yeah, it's bang. I heard the song. It's just the song doesn't, it's the song just, it's just very mediocre. It's not Nate Dogg. Yeah. The song itself just isn't great. It's probably what was just left over. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's from an over. old, um, I think I read an interview, it's from an old hook yeah. he did for, like, a, a Snoop Dogg song, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. And that's fine, but I would have rather... Just a better song. Mm. Question, do you prefer that? So, you know, we were just talking about, um, who's the person? Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. And how um, his label kind of released a song. after well, an kind album, of. An album. <laughs> uh, yeah. They did. After he died, they released an album. Mm-hmm. Anderson Pack has gone into the archives and found vocals from Nate Dogg mm-hmm. and added it to his song. Do you prefer when it's an artist than when it's a like, corporate machine, like a label doing it? Yeah, because there's um, intention there. There's a reason. It's not just a, a case of making money. It's a case of, oh, I have access to these these archives and I feel like... Okay, so it's interesting you say that. So Drake and Michael Jackson. Yeah, but that was shit, though. Yeah, but like lots of people had an issue with that. The reason why they probably have issues is because it's Drake, though. Anderson Pack isn't as big as Drake. He's not... And obviously... But why is that a factor? And obviously, I think people just generally just didn't like Scorpion. So, <sighs> like, it was, just an, it, was just like an, it was just another reason why Scorpion was like... <laughs> <laughs> and for fuck's sake, it you got just, Michael Jackson. Yeah! <laughs> and, it, and it still didn't bang. Whereas, obviously, Ventura is a fantastic album. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, obviously, Nate Dogg would be like the icing on cake. But mm. unfortunately, this song just didn't come together the way it should have. And it's the closing song, too. It's yeah, just, yeah, It's like, oh, so we just had all these... We had 10 amazing songs, then this. Mm. So but, would you delete off the album on your personal yes. like, list of songs yes. to listen to? Okay. So it would end on, um, what was the song before that again? Um, I think it's Twilight. Yeah. So it would end on Twilight. And that, you know, that's a perfect ending. Yeah. Shout out to Pharrell for that one. <laughs> Shout out to Pharrell for producing that track. But um, yes, that's um, as a fact. And quickly, I'm going to have these two, well, songs-ish. So I'm going to go to Jill Scott now. So I randomly was listening to her very first album on my birthday because of a friend of mine sent me a link to an article, a retrospective review of her first album. So I read through that. Really good piece on Pitchfork, by the way. But then I was like, oh, let me have a listen to the album again. And I've always loved this album. It's a classic album, really, really good album. But there's some songs in here which I do like, which I guess I just haven't ever given as much attention to as some of the other songs. And those songs are brother show me and try and i want to make it clear Jill Scott stands i've always loved those songs too but my attention's just always been on other songs, other songs in the album. yeah but i really like spend time with them like wait these songs are really good songs mm. and i'm like when i was deep track listing every song on that album is a winner yeah sometimes you just go back to an album and you realize the song is good yeah you, just, you skip it because obviously the song before that or other songs were amazing yeah but then you go back and actually isolated yeah these songs yeah good. and those three songs and like i said i've i've seen her do these songs live and like i do like these songs mm. but they're just not my favorites on that particular album but every song on that album is a winner yeah, yeah every single song so jill scott's first album who is jill scott words and sounds volume one great classic album and lastly 
we have Destiny's an unreleased Destiny's Child track, and this is funny how it came to the song because obviously on Beyonce's new live album Homecoming, whatever, she covered "Before I Let Go" from Frankie Beverly and Mace. But um, and for some reason, I was reminded of a Destiny's Child song by the same name, which is an original song. And it's an unreleased song that I don't know why I. I am aware of the song, but I have like an album of unreleased Destiny's Child tracks on my laptop. I don't know why, but I just do. Don't know where I got it from, but <laughs> shop they dealing in the black market. <laughs> I don't even remember why. I don't know. It's just on my. Lap- I just. I literally have like sixteen unreleased Destiny's Child tracks on my laptop from across their their career. And there's a song they called "Before I Let Go," and I love this song so much. Judging by the sounds of it, it probably was from their first album. Yeah. So, well, an outtake from their first album. So it's like. 97 996 like mm. it's like this is like their early 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 years and i just love that it sounds like a song you would hear in between a moesha or girlfriend's <laughs> episode like you know those music those songs you would hear in between yeah, scenes yeah. that's what the song sounds like oh is it something you would hear in between a moesha scene or i know exactly what you're talking the parkers about. or girlfriends that's what the, it's just that kind of vibe mm. it's just a great song and it just always baffles me that they were 16 15 years old when they came out and they their blend their harmonies were just so crisp from such a young age that original lineup so well, they've been together for 10 years yeah. like you said so it makes sense 10 years is a long time yeah. when you think about it so so like but they were so young though they were yeah. only 16 when they first when they came on the scene mm. but they were probably brought up like just singing yeah so yeah everyone knows their story like matthew had them working hard yeah from like eight like eight years old it's a bit problematic but yeah, yeah like joe jackson but you know yeah but yeah so that's my listens for the week Cool. All right. So let me just get my listens. So I'm going to start with someone that I hope I don't hear some controversy about. So Khalid. Okay. So I didn't hear anything good. So I was listening to um, Free Spirit. I really enjoyed this album. The Guardian didn't. What do you mean? The Guardian gave it two stars. So who cares about The Guardian? <laughs> so the free so free spirit great album in my opinion um so the singles that were leading that were better um talk and uh, there was another one which i can't remember it but wasn't good. this agenda we're not going to do this but um it, i thought it was a very carefree kind of um summer song so i was listening to it yesterday on the bank holiday why are you smiling why are you smiling i'm, I'm just living my life <laughs> I would say if you're if you're a Khalid fan, listen to this. If you're not, give it a go. Um, I I honestly understood the opinions of people when they said they didn't like American Teen. Is that American Teen? You're asking me like I'm I'm know. not Stan. It's American something. But um, you're asking me like I would know. All right, people know you don't fucking <laughs> like Khalid Shopee. <laughs> Every day you make it known. American Teen, yeah, 2017. So yeah, I get why people don't like that album. For me, I just. I didn't really play that that much. I liked Location because that song he kind of blew up off. Um, I liked uh, 18 and American Teen, so the title track. But this one, this one kind of flowed better for me. It was more uh, easygoing, relaxing. It's something that you would listen to and not really focus on the lyrics for. I mean, right back for me is something that I could hear like in a outdoor restaurant or something like that shoppe why are you smiling what's fucking funny <laughs> i can hear it's, li- it's like i can hear the agenda in your head i'm not saying anything but that's the issue like <laughs> um did you listen to this any of the songs on the album 
Unfortunately, it was played in the office. Okay. At work, because I'm in the office full of music lovers. So whenever a big release happens, we play it out loud in the office. Okay. What so I did hear some of it. What were your it opinions? Just, it just kind of reinforced my gender. And I was like, this is why I don't fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you heard Talk, you didn't like I do like that song. Talk is good. I do like that song. What about Right Back? I don't know what the songs are called, but the album was playing and I was like, meh, that's trash. Meh. Really? Meh. See, see, the thing is, I understand what people say when they think Khalid is... And his voice just bores me. Do you think so? Like, I understand having like a lo-fi singing style, lo-fi singing style. I understand that, you know, there's a dearth of real vocalists Mm. in the game today. There's a dearth. (laughs) Niggas aren't singing anymore. (laughs) And I get that. But... It just sounds like he's yawning on melody. Like it's just like that's he's, a very interesting way of saying. It's like it. he yawns. If like if 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 someone if you could yawn on key, that would be Khalid for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing is, I get all of everything you're saying because, like I said, American Teen that was the case for me. And that album was trash. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest album. But like in in this album, he kind of uses that by using quite, I would say, rhythmic instrumentals. But give it a listen, like properly sit down with headphones on, turn up the bass. I'm if you seeing can. Brent Fires, 56%. Okay. 56%. If you guys don't know what Shopee is referring to, we did a poll that no one asked for, but Eden did it by his own like arrogance. Last year or something like that, and Shopee won by like 2% or something like that. So he's for the, his whole life, he's just been going on about this now. No. But 56% and 44%. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, so I'll make it clear. No one asked Eden to put up this poll. <laughs> then Eden put up the poll and lost. <laughs> and shout out to my... Is it my fault that people have bad taste? That's not my fault. That's not. That's genuinely not my fault. Brent Fires... You're saying Khalid... Actually, hold the fucking phone. You're saying Khalid is boring, but Brent Fires isn't. No. Brent Fires is fucking boring. Brent Fires is... Bo- like Our fan base seems to say otherwise. Our... Oh, so you are a stan? No, our, our, our oh, supporters okay. of, oh, of the yes. show. Mm. Supporters of the show. And even, we even asked our dear friend Alex, he was like, Brent Fires, because he knew. Okay, but is, what does that mean? Because you were counting on Alex to be on your side. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then life humbled you. <laughs> and I was going to make it clear, he put it in the group, in, our, in one of our other group days, like, hey guys, vote clean, vote for, nah, nigga. People have, the people have decided, the people have spoken. <laughs> no, but I put it in the group chat, people Brent were like, fires. I was going to vote for anyway. Marathon continues. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Khalid. Check out the album Free Spirit if you want. Um, I would recommend it. Shopee obviously wouldn't. Nope. Second one is Loyal Kana. Okay. So Loyal Kana is a UK Someone rapper. I do like. Yeah, he's really good. Um, look, he's a UK rapper, sorry. And he, his second album not is Grime. Called, He's not grime, UK rapper. Album is called Not Waving But Drowning. Um, I actually, the other day I was like, oh shit, I get what that means now. I don't know why. Um, But yeah, the first album was called... Yesterday's Tomorrow. That is right. And that one was, it didn't really do too well. It didn't really perform. I'm surprised. It was his first album. So not really. It's not going to do that much better. So We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's got features by Georgia Smith. It's got features, Giggs is on it surprisingly. In an interlude, it's really weird. Oh, but he's not. Uh, okay, just, that makes sense. I think he makes Giggs on a <laughs> Your song. Because I was yeah. like, what is Giggs going to do on a Lil Kana album? Tom Mish is on it. Tom Mish or whatever. No surprise there. Um, who else is on it? And some kind of like unknown guys like. Oh, Jordan Rakai's on it as well. 
and I'm Kiko Bon. Oh, that's Ottolenghi. But yeah, um, okay, so this album, the issue I had with Yesterday's Gone was, for me personally, it didn't really flow that well. Um, it was kind of like... I think it did. I think it just flowed too much. No, I don't... I think I, it was too cohesive. Oh, maybe I'm comparing it to this one because... So I'll give you kind of like a breakdown of this album. So in this album, Lowell Khan is talking about his identity and a lot about his father and some of the issues that he had with um, his dad and stuff. And on one of the songs, he talks about his issue with being mixed race and um, growing up outside of a culture, like black culture and stuff like that. And one line I remember is he said something about um, what happens when you realize that your grandfather could have owned your other one. And I was like, oh, rah. I was like, okay, so we're, we're going that oh, deep wow. this time. That's yeah. a line. Um, and he, which kind of doesn't make sense to me, but um, but you understood what he was trying to say. Yeah, but it doesn't really make sense. This is not the time it. for a history lesson. You know what he meant. Okay, because um, he's half. Jewish. But the impact was there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and if you didn't know, um, Lowell Khan is half Jewish. And half Oasis Twitter are gonna lap up, lap up that line. No, he said in the song where he's from. Oh, I can't remember because I was thinking. Oh, okay. So you're not from Jamaica, like I thought you were. Um, but yeah, if I, in terms of the way that it flowed, for me, it started with a song called Dear Jean, where he's talking to his mum, he's called Jean. And then it ends on a song called Dear Ben, which is a song to his father who passed, unfortunately. And they both use the same instrumental. Wait, error, I realise. Dear Ben, Lokana's first name is Benjamin. And um, his mum features on this song as she recites poetry. And it's about their relationship, not his father. So apologies mistake back to the episode um so well, that's nice yeah so but the, in- the interesting thing is when you listen to the whole album in order and it ends on that song you don't realize when it switches to the beginning again so it kind of like an endless loop of all of this emotion all of this turmoil and all of this identity that he's going through um and it, for me it was just like you've definitely improved from the last album because although i did love yesterday's gone and some of the songs on it i I'm very selective on what I listen to. I, I couldn't listen to it all the way through and focus on the lyrics and stuff. Um, and he changes his flow, which I've... Oh, hallelujah. Uh, like, it's known that Lil Carney, ha- he ha- kind of has this... The same flow. The same song. flow on most of his songs. Um, it's it's almost uh, instrumental, the way that he kind of raps. But he changed his flow. It That's works. So I'm happy it. about that. Um, the instruments are still lo-fi. We love growth. Um the Tom Mish song is good. They're a great collabor- collaboration team. Um, in terms of songs I would recommend on here, I would recommend Angel. So that's a song with Tom Mish. Um, it's a bit repetitive, the chorus, and I get why someone wouldn't really like it, if I'm being honest, because it is a very simple song. Is Tom singing on it, or he just produced it? He's singing on it. Okay. Um, but it's very, it's, it's very repetitive. Um, but I still play it. It's still quite good. Um, so Angel's good. Listen to the song with Georgia Smith on the album. It works. It doesn't work as a single. Um, same with You Don't Know. I didn't really like You Don't Know when it first came out. I was just like, this doesn't really seem to work for me. Um, but overall, Angel, Dear Jean, Dear Ben, uh, Crispy, Carluccio. So the whole album? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually realized I was going to say every single song on the album. Listen to listen to the album. Really, really good. Not Waving But Drowning. Lil Kana spelled L-O-Y-L-E and then C-A-R-N-E-R. I'm aware we have American listeners as well. So that's Lil Kana. Check him out. Let us know what you think. Um, I think he's going to be huge someday, um, but he, he just needs to work on a few things in my opinion. And I, I... Actually, let me not say what I was about to say. Um, lastly, I was going to say Emma V., 
So Emma V, sorry. Um, she's a producer and singer, and she released a song called Oops, which featured on Joe Budden's po- podcast recently, um, which is really good. But oh, this song fucking bangs. Like, this is very talented. This song fucking bangs. Like, I, I was listening to it. I was like, oh, what, what would make this song, like, reach to the United States? Because I haven't heard of it before. And usually when a song blows up in the United States, it's gone around the UK a few times. But before. Joe's a nerd. No, but I think he she sent it to him or something or something along those lines or someone said oh. listen to this song or something. I don't know. That just might be making it up, but fucking bangs. It's called Oops by Emma V. Um, check it out if you can. And then lastly, I'm just going to say I've been listening to a lot of Boogie lately. So not a Boogie with the hoodie, um, Boogie. Um, those artists that signed to Eminem, um, Shady Records. So it's an album called Everything For Sale. And I just went back to it because I was thinking, you know what, this album banged, but I never went back to it. I just left it alone. Um, but listen to it. It's got a feature by a UK artist called Shea Universe um, and a feature by J.I.D. Favorite songs on that, Silent Ride, LOL, SMH, sorry, and Soho. And that is me. Those are my listens for the week. I was about to say Nick. (laughs) Right. So speaking of Nick, I'm going to be taking over his role today and be chairing the news segment, which I'm really don't know how to feel about that. But step up. Step up. So firstly, we're going to get into this. It feels weird doing this. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get into our good friend Wiley, the godfather of grime, the legendary MC. So he's been beefing recently with Drake and Giggs. Well, I would say, yeah, it's, it's more of a one-sided beef. The other two don't really... Actually, well, Giggs responded, but we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really remember when this happened, but apparently Wiley called Drake a culture vulture at some point recently. Yeah, it was a while ago. At some point recently. And Drake responded on BBC One Extra, calling him goofy. And Wiley did not like that. And he proceeded to respond on twitter and instagram making a video impersonating drake's flow and doing an american accent which was uh, music from these kids that are trying to like make it and yeah trying to build a name for themselves is like oh that's some like that's some culture vulture like, hey, like what does that even mean i don't understand what that means yeah would you rather me like not exactly like, acknowledge anything yeah. or support like that's some yeah that's some real like confused like yeah hater shit but it is what it is i, I see it a lot and I'll never understand how, like, supporting somebody's song or even going a step further, giving somebody a song or linking up. I'll never understand how that's not viewed as, like, something admirable, but Mm -hmm. I guess people have their own outlook on it. (laughs) (laughs) This is something I wanted to get off my chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just Um, had to talk about it because it's bothering me. But, yeah, I didn't like that. And it was Wiley that said that. You know what I'm saying? I'll just say his name because I felt like that was some goofy shit. But, yeah, I just didn't like that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, bro, these are guys that, like, they they, they have tunes that are ringing off. What are you talking about? Anybody that's on that, what are you guys talking about? The R's and V's and O's. The R's and V's and O's. The R's and V's and O's. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's goofy shit. Like, I just had to get that off my chest. Like, listen, bumper all. Ain't got no sense in my pants. You know, bro. You, you probably, oh, man. And then he proceeded to at Giggs afterwards. <laughs> that Giggs reply was fucking we'll get hilarious. There. Oh, we'll my get days. Because he was so angry. And he said, your guy cracked. And I'm now going to find a transcript of what Giggs said. And I feel like this is only funny if you could just, if you know what Giggs' voice sounds like. Yeah. And hearing these tweets, 
So he basically said, and I wish, you know, you know Giggs likes to do res- instant responses too. I yeah. wish he did one for this because I would have died. I would have got, I would have been sent to heaven. Because <laughs> when Giggs responds to trolls on Instagram, I die. The thing is, Giggs is actually about that life. But it's just when he says things, it's just like, you laugh because he says it in such a straight face, but his voice is just like, it's just like, you can't help but laugh. So he said, why did you just at me? What exactly are you after here? And this is my favorite line. Are you trying to show people that you, you're greasy and that you can act gigs? <laughs> <laughs> that line is so funny for so many reasons. I'm going to repeat it for those who didn't catch it. <laughs> Are you trying to show people that you're greasy and that you can act gigs? <laughs> he then went on to say, what exactly are you trying to achieve? Because all I can see is you trying to wind me up. Wind me up. Fucking clown. <laughs> like, like we're friends. We're not friends. Don't push you, my fucking idiot. Is this what you want people to see? Me wound up. Don't run no fucking jokes with me. Fucking hell. <laughs> And I think there was more, but I can't be asked to get into that. So as we can see, Giggs was rattled. <laughs> yeah. In true Giggs fashion. Yeah, yeah. I wanted an into video as well. Too. And I just laughed my head off at all of yeah. this because I just imagined, I just heard Giggs' voice ringing in my ear mm. and I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Eden, what are your thoughts on... Oh, sorry. And to, fin- to roll up, to finish up, Wiley has somewhat retracted these statements and said that in spite of his culture which comments he is team drake and he is happy that drake is putting oh, okay. on so I was gonna take that for these uk it. rappers and that he's he said and speaking widely to the wider uk rap scenes like i make him across like a hater but i'm happy to see you guys getting money mm. even if it's not grime so yeah eden your thoughts i just want to know why why wiley blocked me like this is not why i asked you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel a bit like Wiley gets in a lot of beefs, then kind of retracts what he says afterwards. He does that quite a lot. Um, and I think people from the UK know that when he says things, it's take with a bit of a pinch of salt. And no one takes him seriously. Well, no, they do because he is the godfather of grime. Um, I just feel like people kind of look, laugh at him, then kind of just move on. But he does things, that f- he does it on purpose sometimes. Like when he got on the, when he was getting onto Skepta and he was driving at like 120 miles per hour. <laughs> And it was just him. <laughs> it was just him zooming whilst cussing um, Skepta on his phone. But here's the thing with Wiley. Yeah, I feel like his personality is just he. When he likes someone, he gets onto them. And um, I was watching a video the other day of him, kind of having a debate with Bashi about who makes better music. And oh, that's from like years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was years ago. But um, he was talking to Bashi about who makes better music, and he was kind of bigging him up. But at the same time, he was like making jokes on him and stuff. But I genuinely think that's just his personality. Um, Wiley's still making bangers. I mean, Boasty is still doing incredible in the UK. Um, is that a banger though? I like Steph's vo- um, verse on it. I like Idris's as well, to be honest. I've um, heard someone else on there as well. Yeah, um, Sean Paul. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot all about him. <laughs> but yeah, with Wiley, I, I feel like he just gets onto people for no reason. Um, and sometimes it's unwarranted. But with this Drake situation, I... I kind of understood where he was coming from when it came to like a culture vulture and stuff. I do get that argument. Um, a lot of people were saying that oh, Drake is helping these artists, so how can he be the culture vulture if he's not earning from this situation? He is, though, in a way. 
Earning what? Cultural relevance. But he's Drake. He has it in droves anyway. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But it's just... Because I think people... I've been seeing this rhetoric that he's using this to make himself bigger. Like, Drake is already huge. But he's making it part of his... His... um. What's the word I'm looking for? He's making it part of his journey as an artist, which is him earning it. He's not earning monetarily. Well, he is in shows, but in terms of like helping these artists, he doesn't have to do that. But um, he, he is... He is becoming credible in the UK. I mean, he bought he was the rights the to UK. Top Boy he was, he and everything. He was really so. big in the UK before doing all of this anyway. But I feel like strategically, Drake is trying to be a global, like, I don't even know how to explain But he was global time. before. I know, but I'm just This saying, is what I'm saying. It, it, what, I don't even know how to explain it. Because people it. are trying to say that he's now bigger as a result of this, but... No, that's not true. He was already selling out O2 Arena shows. He's already out have, going platinum over here. It's okay, over here. Maybe what I'm trying to say is it felt strategic. At, to begin with. But that's what all artists do. Yeah, and you can still call that out. Yeah, but why is it being a culture vulture? I don't know. I didn't call him a culture vulture. I'm just saying that I understand why people would say he's a culture vulture. And explain why. Because it felt quite strategic to begin with. In what way? Well, the songs that were blowing up over here, like Dave's song was blowing up over here. He jumped on it straight away. Um, Skepta, that relationship was a bit interesting. Um but I, un- I, I don't think he's, personally, I don't think he's a culture vulture, but I do understand where people are coming from. Not to say they're right. I mean, I think, I think he's a bit of a beg, but I was a culture vulture. Yeah. And he yeah. said it on, on the interview, like, what's wrong if I, oh. bring, what if I bring people on my stage? Like, why is that a bad thing? Isn't that a good thing? Mm. And I, I think I, it's a good do you thing. Know what, do you know what if I think it is? If you're touring, if you're, if you're on tour, why not show love? To the artists but, in that country. But you know what I think it is? I think over time, Drake has been known to kind of go to different cultures. So like, and this is just like me not agreeing with this, but like understanding. So Drake will go to Jamaica, for example, mm-hmm. and collaborate with Popcorn. And then he'll release a song called Controller, which is heavily influenced by Jamaican culture. Mm-hmm. And that, and then he won't really credit it back. But my understanding of Pop that Con is... Popcorn was, cre- was featured, was... Oh no, Popcorn was disrespected actually. Never mind. Yeah, he was removed from the song yeah. that was put on the album. Um, but I understand that because in Toronto they have a heavy they have a heavy influence of um, Jamaican culture, um, like over here as well. Well, not as heavy, but still in Toronto it's quite heavy. Um, but that's why I understand because we, we went to Nigeria, we collaborated with Wizkid, um, and kind of had that kind of like Afrobeats type era with um, even One Dance. One Dance with Kyla. What happened afterwards? He didn't support the new music that she said she was going to put out or anything. Did she put out any music? I believe she said she was, but I don't actually know where well, that got to. Well, then that's on her then. Come correct. Do your job. I'm just saying I understand where the they're studio. coming from. I understand, but I don't agree. I don't think Drake is a, vulture, a culture vulture, sorry. But um, yeah, I understand where they're coming from. Wiley, I feel, just wanted attention in this situation, if I'm being honest. I have no thoughts on this. I just want to say that um, gigs are hilarious. You have no thoughts whatsoever? Not really. Wiley's crazy and Giggs is funny. Okay. <laughs> what about Drake being a culture vulture? You don't see it at all. I don't think he's a culture vulture, but I just think he's a bit of a beg. And I just think, what makes him a beg? I just think, I just think it just comes across so forced. Okay. Because there are, I can't think of one right now, but what Drake is doing is not, he's not the first doing. He's not the first American or Canadian or whatever to come to the UK and bring out artists from that country on their stage he's mm. not the first or the last but I don't, there's just something about drake doing it because even especially with this recent tour like he literally put out every dominant uk artist mm. to, and it's just like 
So you just know everyone, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, Crypto Conan. Oh, gigs. He didn't bring out Crypto Conan. He did. When? I didn't see the clips, but I was reading about this. He brought them out one night, oh, right. apparently. Jay Huss, um, Steph London, Day. He didn't bring out Steph. Yes, he did. Did he? Yes, the same night as J. Cole. Steph London came out. Oh, right. The same night. Um, I don't know. It just Wait, seems, that's controversial. Oh, okay, never mind. It just seems a bit like ugh, Drake. Isn't that controversial? How are you gonna bring out Steph? Why should you not? Because of his connection to Nicki Minaj, they have their own kind of beef. That's interesting. Not really. Steph has beef with the Barb's. Nicki didn't pay any attention to her. Nicki didn't respond to her. Nicki didn't do anything. Nicki, Nicki the Steph has beef with the Barb's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steph made a diss track to the Barb's. Oh yeah, that's true. It wasn't to Nicki Minaj. Nicki was minding her own, well, for once, minding her own business. And then she got attacked. She got attacked. Okay. So I have real thoughts on that. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. And I would like gigs, you know, to maybe do a podcast to make us laugh or something. I just think... You want gigs to do a podcast? I just think... You, imagine gigs um, reviewing hot topics in pop culture. <laughs> you know, that would be... <laughs> Could you imagine? Actually, that would be true. Could you imagine Geeks having a radio show? Oh my God. That would be so funny. (laughs) Imagine Geeks discussing Justice Mollet. Oh my God, the jokes. (laughs) I would die. Actually, you're right. Imagine Geeks discussing Nicki versus Cardi. Wow, the jokes that would... And the thing is, he he wouldn't even be trying to be funny, but just because of who he is. Yeah, yeah. I would die. Okay. So maybe that's an idea. Geeks' team for listening to this. Actually, man, would be a good idea. He's very problematic. Anyway, next up. Wait, just to let you guys know, I'm going to turn on the fan. So if you might hear some noise, it's because it's boiling in here. Just let you know. Next up, Nicki Minaj. She has split with her longtime managers, G. Robeson and Cortez Bryant, who have guided her throughout the lion's share of her career. Um, yeah, so she's currently looking for new management, which, in my opinion, is a good move. But yeah. I don't know if it's a good move because was the issue management or was it just her? Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, after the Ariana Grande Coachella situation, did you see that? Yes, after that, I, I just thought she needs Beyonce to do something. Could never. It's true, Beyonce could never, but um, and I was, I just think it's funny how throughout all of Ariana's show. The one hiccup is when Nikki's on stage. Yeah, I just want to bring that up. I just think Ariana had no sound issues for the entire two hours she was on stage. But the moment Nicki Minaj comes on, that's when hell breaks loose and I died. <laughs> <laughs> just like that? Okay. The one time. Yeah. So Ariana was having a good show. She's enjoying herself. No sound issues. Nikki comes to do bang bang and suddenly there's Hickey Hacker. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> you could have written that basically. But um, yeah, with Nicki Minaj, I think it's a good idea. I think she does need to kind of start from scratch again. Um, there's a lot of competition now as I well. Don't so know if it's, it's so what, finished. Though. So wait, no. What's the solution then? I think it's just a bad attitude. Oh, you think that's it? And I think she doesn't listen to people. Okay, I can that's see that. That's what I think. Because in some cases, it definitely is. You need to just restructure your team. But I think in her case, it's just no. You have a bad attitude. Mm. You need to do some reflection. You're very insecure, and you need to listen to people around you. That's what I think. Because even just outside the controversy, I think even just her direction as an artist, it's just like, and not to be ageist, but like you, you're pushing 40 and you're make, 
the album you just put out. Don't say pushing 40 because she'll come in your DMs. This year, she's 36 this year. That's how she went in one is DMs. I'm a nobody. She's going to come to my DMs. Okay. I'm nobody. The music you're making is just like, and I understand you have a brand and you, you have a sex appeal image, but I, just, I was expecting on the last album, kind of basically more of what we got on Pink Print. Like there's actually some personal songs on there, some yeah, vulnerable yeah. songs on there. Right there. We just got- No, was that Pink Print? Right there. Is that a song with Chris Brown? No, wait, not right there. Uh, right Through Me. That was, was my first album. Oh yeah, it was. We just got a bunch of trash on Queen. A bunch of just these stupid club records, these stupid sex songs. And it would have been fine if they slapped, but they didn't even slap. <laughs> that album was garbage, bar three songs. And the best song didn't even make the album, Hello Barbie Tings. That should have been on the album. Not fucking rich sex. <laughs> rich sex. And Ganja Bones, oh. Ganja Bones. <laughs> Is it every fucking episode of it? <laughs> oh my god no but i agree i do think she so, needs to do something i don't know if it's management i feel like in this case it's just a case of her it's you yeah, she needs to it's rebrand you. but i think it's too late i personally think i think not that it's a competition where there can only be one person but unfortunately that is how the industry thinks that is how people buy music um so i do think with megan the stallion coming up with um, Cardi B with uh, all of the like all of the new women rappers that are coming up. I just think that Nicki's gonna and Nicki missed a massive opportunity to be seen as like a a godmother to these yep new girls. Because yep. I always make this comparison in the R and B world. Whitney Houston was not a hater when Brandy and Aaliyah and Monica and Faith Evans they were coming up. Whitney showed them massive love. Mm-hmm. She had them opening for her on their, her tours. She did songs with them. Movies. Movies with Brandy. Like, Whitney showed hella love yeah, yeah. to the younger generation. Lil' Kim just came out on St- um, Steph London show. Yes. So. And Lil' Kim, aside from Nicki Minaj, has generally always shown love to other rappers that have come after her, generally. Okay, if we're going to be fair to Nicki Minaj, she did show love to um, Miss Banks. Only after the shit of Cardi. Mm, yeah you're right I don't actually know and I feel like hers was the case of I have to do it because people know I allegedly don't support other female rappers Mm. whereas even now Cardi I've seen Cardi tweet about Rico Nasty I've seen Cardi tweet about Megan I've seen Cardi tweet about Terry a few of them are opening a show for her yeah Yeah. Cardi's doing it the right way Mm. so I feel like Licky missed a massive opportunity to be kind of like the have people take her under her wing and just not necessarily mentor them but even just just publicly show love yeah. tweet about them do remixes be in their videos something like that but you just decided to be a hater because you had this mentality that only one person can dominate and we have to remember at the peak of female rappers you had lauren hill missy elliott lil kim foxy brown debrat and even prior to them in the 80s it's salt and pepper queen atifah mc light roxanne chante mm. they were obviously there was some bigger than others but it was generally a crop yeah. of girls who were dominating. But Nikki, prior to 2017, it was just you yep. for the last nine, 10 years. And obviously, Azealia Banks has, like a, has a cult status. Mm. And Iggy, you know, had her moment, but Black Twitter got her out of here. She's still around. But we said modeling. 
That tweet literally ended her career. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like management, fine. Maybe restructure your whole team. Amazing. Cool if it needs to be done. But I just think the issue is her. Mm. The issue is her. But good luck to her. And I want a good album. Regardless of whether you sell or do well, I just want a good album. Because yeah. you have it in you. You think or, so? Yes. Because say one about her, but the girl can rap. When she's not, when she wants to, she has bars. She can spit when she wants to. Look, 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 look at Ars Nigga. Look at Barbie Tings. Look at Select Songs from the Pink Print. Obviously, her mixtapes. When she wants to, when she's in her bag, Nikki can kill it. Mm. But her musical direction is just shit. <laughs> and her ear for music is sinful. No more pop songs. No more songs where you're singing 100%. Fuck off. <laughs> no more grand pianos. None of that. We want to hear you rap. We want to hear you spit. She'll pay the mic. <laughs> so that's Nicki Minaj. Next up. Do you like The Night Is Still Young? Do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> if you can see Shopee's face right now. The song isn't actually that bad. You don't like it? Oh my God. I know Eden's not asking me such a question. Oh, Maybe you're going to ask about starships and pound the alarm. No, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm not. No, or, man. Or that fucking, young is not that or bad. stupid hoe. It's, it's not in the same league. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what? The night is still young. Okay, it's not the same league. Exactly. So stupid hoe was like next level trash. Yeah, that was terrible. That was like next level trash. Anaconda's trash as well. Oh, that too. But next up, we have some quite harrowing and frightening and sad news to report today britney spears britney spears so a few weeks ago it was announced that she had been admitted to a mental health facility because she was struggling again with again with the ailing health of her father who's currently on his deathbed so she was struggling with that so she cancelled her vegas residency cancelled her tour she was supposed to release an album this year that's now been postponed to get herself together. But now it has come to light that she apparently is in this mental health facility against her will. So, the, so Britney Spears fans were, were making posts kind of implying that maybe her conservatorship and her dad and her managers have kind of forced her against her will. Mm. And then... Her mum liked, liked a few of those comments yeah. on Instagram and Twitter, which kind of started building further speculation about there's something awry, something weird and mm. something not humane going mm. on. And also they're separated as well. Yes, is something I think they're separated. Yeah. And so it's now coming to light that apparently the real story is Brittany wasn't taking her meds. And her dad said, either take your meds or I'm cancelling the tour and cancelling the Vegas residency. And that's what happened. And apparently he verbatim said, use my illness as the excuse. Mm. So for those who aren't aware, for the last, I'm going to say 10 years, mm. Britney has been under conservatorship, which basically means that she has no financial or legal control yeah, <laughs> of no, her life. Essentially what it means is someone else has control over your life. That's basically what it means. Basically. 
and she is a she's 37 years old yep. so she can't vote or get married without and it's interesting you say that she can't vote but she posted a tweet a while ago saying that she's with hillary clinton then she and then she deleted delete it, it because she can't legally vote yeah um which is yeah so she she can't vote she can't get married apparently her dad and her handlers have a say on who she sees and who she hangs out with yep. she was married to i can't remember his name but she when she got married it transferred over to him and yes. he, was, he was quite abusive. He was co-conservator and he was allegedly abusive towards yeah. her. So she couldn't leave, she couldn't do she couldn't she couldn't do anything. anything. She didn't have a phone, send any messages. Yes, this is media. a woman who has toured the world several times, has released three albums since then, but she basically and also when it comes to custody, it's all hmm. it's all under whether her dad says, whether yep. her manager say. And there's been and there was a, an interesting thread that came out on Twitter a few days ago, which we will share. And it basically was sh- basically was saying that there's been several times where she's tried mm. to get out of the conservatorship, tried to recruit laws on her own terms, but she's been deemed mentally unfit mm. to get her own counsel. And anyone, and I, I think her father's even filed restraining orders against some of these lawyers she's tried to recruit. Yep. And it's just very, very frightening to hear. And it's very scary to hear because... Obviously, it's well known that she had this massive mental breakdown. Well, you can kind of question it now. Um, about 12 years ago yeah. or so. And in the years since, it has appeared that she's been okay. Me, personally, I feel like she's never been the same since. And even another thing, one of her ex-managers came out and said that she was not ready to go back on the road. She was not ready to record music again, but they just propped her up and pushed her out there to be a cash cow and a money-making machine. And she did have some very successful albums post the breakdown and the tour- tours also, but her man, her old man thinks she just was not mentally and emotionally ready, but you know, money talks, and mm. when your daughter is famous, and, and this is the thing that kills me. Apparently, her dad earns 130K a year. That's nothing. For Britney Spears. No, but the percentage he has from the conservatorship. Oh, on that. I thought you meant just that by itself. Britney Spears. No, 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 no. But the percentage stake he has in, like, her royalties. Yeah. He, so in addition to, like, other stuff, oh, he no. earns an additional 130K Fuck, a year. Man. And there's been clips online of Britney basically saying she feels trapped and that her life is basically too in control. There's also an interview she did with, uh, I can't remember who it was, but she said basically um, something to do with daddy issues. And they cut it from the show. Like they, they, yeah, they cut yeah, it yeah. completely. So basically in a nutshell, it just sounds like Britney Spears is trapped in a weird cycle uh, where she's not in control of her life, her finances, um, her personal life isn't in control. And from what it seems like, if she doesn't do what she, she's told she's supposed to do, they just punish her by canceling tours, um, making it harder for her to contact people, which is quite scary because you actually question if any of her career is actually real, like the real her is actually shown. And well, especially the last you know 10 years. Actually, this conversation is making me think back to a, a video I saw of Britney Spears where she was having a breakdown um, and she was saying how she had to be like smiley Britney or something like that. And she had like a massive breakdown in front of someone. And it was like, I don't want to like put this on the people who may suffer from it, but it was like multiple personality disorder uh, where she it was more than one person um, in the room. And now this, that this has come out, it makes sense to me that she's putting on an act and she's struggling with the fact that um, she's struggling with the fact that she can't be herself. 
Um, but like Chope said, it is very, very scary. It is a very, very awful situation for somebody to be in. And um, for her to stick with it for so long is just like, how? This makes sense well, for the breakdown. Choice. Well, it makes sense for the breakdown. But like, can you imagine being in that situation where you have no control over your, your life whatsoever? And even when you're trying to get out of it, you're getting punished and reprimanded for it. Yep. Like, how can... You're, they're filing restraining orders against lawyers she's tried to contact to mm. get out and find a way out of it because apparently it's supposed to only be a temporary conservatorship but, but then it was made permanent it's been for years that's how can you have a permanent conservatorship oh, that's just and the thing that baffles me the most is this is your your flesh and blood this is your yeah. daughter it always happens to the the icons though doesn't it like but it's your daughter it doesn't matter it happened to michael jackson famous or not this is your child it doesn't make it doesn't matter beyonce michael jackson Beyonce is not on a conservatorship no neither but, was michael jackson no but as if they they came from families who try to control their careers so Michael Jackson, Beyonce, uh, Whitney Houston, uh, who else was there? I mean, I can't think of anyone who's like massive who hasn't had issues with family. I think Prince had but a few issues with family. I feel like well. this is the worst case. Yeah, if this, if, yeah, yeah. Brindy literally has no control over her life. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Apparently. <laughs> reportedly. <laughs> All the lease. <laughs> All the adverbs. So all I can do is just, you know, s- send our hopes and our prayers and hopefully she can work out a way and find the right legal team without getting caught or reprimanded hopefully she can find a way out of it because she obviously does have you know some issues i do feel like she needs some some care and some guidance but she's a grown woman mm. there are, there's a hashtag you can actually follow as well i think it's free, free britney. britney um but if you want to check it out there's a thread as well called <laughs> the, the yeah it's funny sorry there's a there's a thread by email my pussy I think that's what it's. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. But check out that thread. Um, I think it's the only thing that they've posted. Um, and it basically breaks down everything that's happened in the last ten years since it was put in place. But you know, just a terrible, terrible, terrible story. Scary. It's Very definitely scary. scary. And anyone who gets in the music industry just know that people can turn on you when like money gets involved. And the fact that even so, she's in this mental health facility and she doesn't even want to be there. Nope. She didn't ask to be there. Yep. And they're probably just going to make her take the meds. And the thing is, she actually might have been in a good place mentally, but now she's probably going to be... Messed up. Messed up because she's now somewhere she doesn't actually need to be mm-hmm. as a result. They make her, take her, make her take these meds and it's just going to mess her up even more. And I, just, I actually like worry we're just going to wake up and hear that she's died or something yeah. or overdosed or something. Yeah. No, I, I, that's, why, that's what I meant by I wonder how she's coping in yeah. that situation because if I was in that situation, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what anyone would do. Um, and like I said, the fact that her mum was liking these tweets and Instagram posts. Yeah, but something's, yeah. So, so, something is definitely... Something's off. Off. Yeah, something in, is off. In Camp Britney Spears. Something is... But you forgot to mention the manager. So there was a manager who was... Um, she also tried to become the manager for Jamie Lynn Spears as well. And when she got pregnant during Zoe 101, she tried to sell the story to like um, all of these newspapers and stuff, but apparently she's aiding her father with this conservative, I can't say the word, conservative. Conservatorship. Yeah, that's it. Um, and yeah, apparently her manager's quite controlling as well. She actually managed someone else, but they Lindsay fired her. Lohan. Yeah, and, and Lindsay Lohan fired her because she was too meddling um, and she was messing with her money. And he tried to, and she tried to get her under conservatorship. Yeah, and she was messing with her money. So it's a bit, it's scary when you break it down because it just proves that there's people in the music industry just who will literally 
take your life away and profit from you. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is an actual thing that's happened to so many celebrities um, over the times of their career, not even just singers, actors. Um, that's why you always got to check your contracts. You got to make sure that you're in the right deal because honestly, the wrong word, if a sentence is phrased incorrectly, it can seriously mess up your whole life. Um, and apparently the judge who put the conservatorship in place is corrupt yeah. and has a history of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Without- Alluding. No, without proper reason giving, giving out conservatorships because granting them for, uh, okay. for reasons that are fairly arbitrary. But yeah. anyway, you know, send our hopes and prayers to Brittany. So and free Brittany. And also, if you want to hear more about this, there's a podcast called Brittany Graham. They're the, they're, the, they're the people who broke the story to begin with. And her um, father has tried to sue them several times. Yeah. So check it out. So, yeah. So now rounding up, lastly, um, Beyonce. She released via Netflix the Homecoming documentary, which basically chronicled the behind the scenes and process of her historic and future legendary Coachella performance. And she also released the live album on streaming platforms. And as expected, it's done very well for her, done very well for Netflix. And people are really enjoying it and really resonating with. I guess the gems you dropped about work ethic and working hard and there's a lot of agenda in what you just said. You just, I guess <laughs> it's not. I'm going by what I've seen online. Okay. And have you not seen these things online too? I haven't. Okay. <laughs> you haven't. I know I haven't. Okay. I re- <laughs> but um, you follow some of the same people, and I've seen these tweets. So okay. But we don't operate on the timeline at exactly the same points. You're on Twitter more than me. It doesn't matter. Okay. Would you mean okay? Anyway, so this isn't a safe space, so I'm going to reserve my, my opinions. What do you mean it's not a safe space? This isn't a safe space to discuss Beyonce. So, Eden, your thoughts on the documentary? You watched it last night? Wow! You're <laughs> so this is how you're going to move. I was going to talk about it anyway, to be honest, but I see you. <laughs> it's not a safe space, but you watched it. Um... Okay, Save it for me. Let me preface. I'm not allowed to indulge in enjoying her in, in the presence of Eden and Nick when he's here. Would you? Okay, let me preface. Because they think that <sighs> I'm a brainless I thought stan. you weren't going to talk. They think I'm a brainless stan. <laughs> Can I talk? They think I'm Beyonce Australia. Oh, for fuck's sake. Beyonce Australia. <sighs> Anyways, okay. So, as it's apparently known, people think I don't like Beyonce or I don't like her music, or I just don't think she's a legend, or I think Michael Jackson's better, or all of these things. Even though you've never seen a Michael Jackson concert in your life, but yeah. I've never seen a Michael, oh, you mean live? Or a concert I haven't online. seen a, I haven't seen a Beyonce concert live either. So and here we are. There's that. Um, Agenda. Are you gonna let me Sorry. fucking speak? Like, all right, so here's the thing. That is not true. Cause whenever I've gone to events with like, people that I know, they're always like, oh, let's talk about Beyonce. Oh, Eden say, let's not talk about Beyonce and stuff like that. And I just, honestly don't give a fuck <laughs> like honestly um with beyonce here's the thing i am not the biggest fan of beyonce's music just personally i didn't like lemonade um i could appreciate it just five albums before that i know i'm just let me fucking get there oh my fucking days so i didn't like lemonade i liked beyonce um i liked uh four i liked dangerously in love 
I do like Beyonce albums, but I'm not like a big Beyonce fan when it comes to her music. What I am a fan of is her work ethic, her strive for perfection, um, the kind of dedication she has to her art and her growth. So obviously we grew up listening to Beyonce or like being influenced by um, the type of music that she released and stuff. So of course I'm going to have a connection to Beyonce and see that she's at her prime now. She's doing amazingly. Um, she's definitely a legend, all of these things. And this documentary in particular, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay, like I definitely see where people come from when they say, oh, Beyonce is a legend. Beyonce is the queen and stuff like that. And I agree. She is the best performer ever. Really? Because I would even say that. Definitely of our generation. Yeah, definitely of our generation. But I think what I saw... Not Chris Brown. Sorry, guys. But can Beyonce, <laughs> can Beyonce flip on March Madness? The thing is, someone actually... I, it, it, I know what you're going to say when they're flipping in the air. That okay. Was, no, because <laughs> she, they're using, she's using aerial whatever chords. So that doesn't really count. No, someone is literally pulling the strings and she's flipping. It's not her like landing a flip. So it's not the same thing. But the point Chris is, Brown, Christopher Maurice Brown, did oh, a wow. backflip on March Madness on beat. Okay. And it banged. But that's all they show. That's whenever we have these arguments. Okay, Chris Rock can flip. Though. You know, most time people are just joking, but and it just rattles the beehive. Uh, <laughs> most time people are just joking and just like, like I saw recently someone got banned on Twitter because they said um, they're like it took Beyonce eight months to create this performance, and then someone was like, yeah, Chris Brown could do it in eight weeks, and then he got banned. <laughs> but okay, just to round up, I see why people call Beyonce a legend. I've always seen it. Um, but I've, I just, with this documentary, I thought it really showed the amount of effort that goes into a performance for this type of thing. I don't think people really understood what it took before. The fact she was singing live whilst dancing, which obviously Chris Brown struggles with, most <laughs> artists struggles with. Um, and in general, like the fact that she had a say in every part of the performance from the people that were hired for the dancers, the brass band, the drummers, um, the, theme. the theme everything so she kind of curated everything it's not a situation where she just walked in and everything was set up for her and she had to focus on her performance she actually in part of it she was like show me what you guys can do and um, everyone performed for her and she was like okay so I want you to do this I want you to do that which is very very Virgo of her and I will claim that as part of the Virgo clan um, shout out to Wiz Khalifa shout out to Beyonce shout out to Idris Elba shout out to all of the Virgos that are out there killing it as we oh Michael Jackson as well sorry oh Freddie Mercury oh look at that all the greats um, but yeah Beyonce is the queen I I'll still struggle with saying she's a better performer than Michael Jackson um, you just said she was the best performer I know but I, I kind of when I, after I said that I was like I'm not. Have you seen a Michael Jackson concert before? I haven't, but that's not so a fair statement to it say. Is, no, no, it's a very fair statement. How? When I was alive, he wasn't really doing shows no, that I could have gone you to. You go on YouTube. There's several. Oh, I have seen them. That's I have seen I mean. them. Yeah, no, not live. You said live. I haven't seen yeah, them. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, like, have you watched a concert? Of his? Yeah, I have. I watched okay. this, is, this Is It as well. No, have you seen him in his prime? Have you seen the bad tour? Have you seen the dangerous tour? I've seen, seen clips. So I haven't tour? seen the whole thing. And so you've but seen the clips, a concert. But the clips were enough. No. And so you've seen a two-hour Michael Jackson show. Yeah. Then you can comment. Have all the resources. Have all of the... The... What's what I'm looking for? Have all of the... What's that word I'm looking for? The, whatever. Have, basically, all the information that you need. And the thing is, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't think 
she's a better performer than Michael Jackson. But I'm saying you need to watch a two hour show in his what? prime. Okay, I'll do that, whatever. But why do you think that Michael Jackson's a better performer than, performer than Beyonce? Um, I can hear buzzing. That's maybe my phone. No, as in like the beehive. Oh. Um, maybe my phone. <laughs> if I'm going to be very frank, a part of it is also kind of just social conditioning. I feel like we just feel like we have to say it just because he's older, he's out, he's been out longer and stuff like that. But I think in terms of general showmanship and dancing, he supersedes her. Yeah. But the reason why I feel Beyonce, I'd I probably prefer her more is because I'm someone who likes singing and vocals. And mm. she's a, obviously a great dancer, great performer. And she also is very creative with her showmanship and the spectacle she does. But I appreciate that she's singing live, also singing very well. Mm. Whereas Michael, God, though I love him, he wasn't the best at combining all his high octane choreography and singing live. Mm. Much better than Chris. But he wasn't the best at that. But I just think in general, outside of that, I think when I look at like the battle, just his natural charisma and stage presence. And these are things Beyonce has in droves too. But I feel like he had a particular magic. Mm. I didn't really use that word because it's cliche, but that's what I feel. But I, w- I feel like I'm probably in the same position as you. I feel like I would say Michael's better, but who would I prefer? I probably would say I probably prefer a Beyonce show. That's not the position I took. Who, who said you said that? she was. You said most the best point of all time. And I said I, I struggled with that sentence. Don't put no, words said, in my mouth. No, but you did say it. I yeah, I did. And then afterwards, I was like, oh wait, hold on. Like later on, I was like, I'm not too sure about. No, that. but and that's what I'm saying. So maybe you feel that way, but, but you just I, might prefer Michael. Yeah, no. If there were if they were if Michael was alive and there were two tickets on the table, hundred and fifty thousand percent going to see Michael Jackson. I would say Michael too, but I've, I've seen Beyonce twice. That's why. So if you hadn't seen Beyonce and there were two tickets on the table, who would you go see? It's Michael Jackson shopping. Wait, so, in, this is, so at, the, at the ages that they would be, right? So Michael wouldn't be in his prime? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Oh, then I'll see Beyonce. I didn't see Michael at his prime. Why? Because I only see Michael peak. I only see peak Michael. So if there was a ticket for This Is It and there's a ticket for Baychella. Baychella. Really? Did you watch This Is It? I did. But I was in the battle. It, 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 you don't know what it would have turned out like, though. No, but I saw the footage. And he was obviously, he was great. He was great. He was going to give an amazing show. But it wasn't p- bad, Michael. It wasn't dangerous to Michael. Yeah, it was This Is It, it wasn't Michael. History. Exactly. But I want to see that. <sighs> okay. That's what I would want to see. I'd want to see the history tour, Wembley Arena. Fucking killed that shit. I want to see the victory <laughs> tour of the Jacksons. That's what I want to see. Because remember, unlike you niggas listening here, I do my history and I do my research. <laughs> I've seen these clips. I've seen these tours. You know, like, oh, this is it. Because that's all I can remember from my generation. No, go back online. Look at the DVDs. Go back. Anyway, so that's so. Thank you for that, Eden. I'm very surprised at these positive thoughts. You know, Nick would, Nick, would have, Nick would have been a hater and would have just been a complete hater. I'm saying. I don't think he would. Yes, he would. Have. I honestly don't think he Nick would. Nick is a complete hater when it comes to Beyonce. Yes, and um, you, you will be listening on Tuesday wherever you are. <laughs> you are a complete hater. He's gonna hate you for saying that, by it's, the way. But it's true. The facts are facts. So wait, hold on. If facts are facts, what did you what did you think of the the documentary? Well, I'm gonna get into that now. Okay. So oh, can I just actually no go on. Do your thing. No, go on. I was gonna say something we both agreed on on the way here. So with this documentary. 
it felt more you feel like I'm gonna say something problematic. Oh, <laughs> oh was it the thing about the more behind the scenes? Yeah, thing? it was yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so go on, so, say it, say it. You say it. so I did like love the documentary because I obviously enjoyed seeing that amazing performance again in high high um high quality. And obviously it's reliving that moment. I remember watching it the live stream last year. It's obviously like it's gonna go down in history and as uh Beyonce Stan, a sensible one, I do think it's probably the best thing she's ever done. And like, and that's saying a lot because there's several performances of hers which I could quote and name that are incredible that she's done. But I think that is definitely going to be her, her landmark performance. When you talk about her in like four years time, that's going to be the first thing you mention. Mm. Um, but you know, so I did love watching that again. And I loved how she edited the two weekends. I love seeing the different outfit changes and seeing just the different energy from both shows. But I just wish that we had more of a look behind the scenes and more, more of a look at the process, like seeing her audition the dancers, seeing her audition her band, seeing her do the music rehearsal, seeing her um, arrange with her band director and her band, because I, that's one of my favorite things about the show. I loved the arrangements. Yeah. I loved the arrangements. Even of the songs that she wasn't actually on stage for. So songs like Party and Ego and Shining, which she just kind of used as reprisal songs when she was getting changed or songs for her dances to shine. I loved how she flipped those songs with her band. I would like to have seen more of her thought process. She mentioned it briefly how she wanted to go to a HBCU if she had the chance to go to university because both her parents went to HBCUs. I would have loved- Was it both of them? I thought she just said her dad went. I think her mom went too. Oh, okay. But I would have loved to have seen more of her insight into deciding mm. what performances she took inspiration from, which university. And there, there were bits of that in there, but I'd like to have seen more. The ratio was definitely off. Yeah, because the, whole, the, the documentary is two hours. The actual concert is like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah so and we saw the entire concert. Exactly. Both, both weeks. I was confused about that as well. I was like, how is she changing costume and i was like, oh wait hold it's on it's from was, both, yeah, weekends. both weekends okay yeah so the only the only actual documentary segment was half an hour i would have loved to have seen and she's done it before with like life is but a dream and even on i'm really showing my standship today but mm -hmm. i don't care because that's my girl <laughs> king b <laughs> on the i am world tour dvd hello beehive members if you are listening hello i'm oh, here with you <laughs> i am here on the behind the scenes, it's like there's like an hour segment where she goes behind the scenes of that tour and it's like really in depth. So I thought it was going to be like that for this. And that's what I'd like to see. But of course, I, it was a great watch. It was mm. a great watch. And it was nice to see how much effort and how much she kind of pushed her body to the limits for the sake of doing the show. Because I remember that when she was going to do it in 2017, when she would have been pregnant, she was going to initially do the show pregnant. <laughs> mm. And then obviously, as we now found out, she had a very difficult pregnancy. Yeah. So it was just like, just seeing, like Eden said, her dedication to her craft and perfection. And I just think it was for a reason that she had to delay it because she said to herself that she didn't have the idea that she had for this show when she was going to do it in do, 2017. Do you feel like you saw a lot of her personality in this? Because I don't uh, feel like I really did. I saw, we saw bits of it, bits of it, but like, that's down to the fact that most of the documentary is the performance. Mm. But, but they did throw in the things about her constantly needing to go back to her children. Like she said, her, her body's in the performance, but her mind is with yeah. the kids. And those were really nice. and It was really endearing to see. But as a Beehive member, I've seen her personality in Life is But a Dream. 
and the behind the, and these are things that the general public won't have seen. Mm. I thought the Coachella documentary is probably the first um, um, look at Beyonce the person outside of her music because I feel like only the B have care about that shit. Whereas Coachella was such like a pop culture phenomenon. I think like everyone wanted to watch it, even if you want, even if you aren't the biggest Beyonce fan, because I feel like everyone was talking about that show. But it was a great watch. I just wish we had more in depth look at behind the scenes because yeah. the bits we did see were great I just wanted to see I wish it was like an hour hour mm. but yeah great documentary um, I'm glad the album's on Spotify although saying that listening to it um, the album doesn't really work in isolation like I was listening to it and I do enjoy it because like, I love the arrangements but I can't listen to certain parts of that sh- of the album without thinking of the show mm. it's like they were just so inextricably linked it's like it's just an experience yeah, to yeah. me so like i was like no i just want to watch the performance yeah, <laughs> yeah, i just can't really sometimes sometimes the audio just does wasn't enough mm. but um no yeah so great performance great documentary obviously i love her and yeah that's it I'm trying to think if i had any other thoughts for Beachella. uh nothing really i was kind of getting annoyed at the fact that people call in ariana grande's um performance Ari uh, Cheller. Like, no. I just like no. it's not the same. It's not the um, same. But it's overall Beyonce same. killed it. Um I wouldn't say I'm a stan <laughs> <Ari> but <Cheller. laughs> So I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Ari Cheller, but, but you and Nikki are struggling to get your sound right. Lego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah guys, but if you honestly enjoyed the Beyonce documentary, let us know. So D A T S P O D on social medias. Um so that's Dat's Pod. And yeah, just let us know if you have any suggestions for music. If you like the episode, just rate the episode on iTunes. We fixed the, we fixed the issue we were having before last week. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, just to let you guys know, I finally did it, which I'm, well, me and a few of my developers and the peop- people that I've worked with, we finally released our AppSquad Studios. So if you are looking to make a podcast, if you are looking to make music, uh, or in general, just, you just want to work in audio, uh, we have a new app that's out that allows you to find studio places around the UK. Um, just download it from the app, app store, so Squat Studios, and give us some feedback. Shop anything to add? Nope. Thank you, as always, for listening to us. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes, and please tweet us using the hashtag, and sh- support, and retweet, and share with your friends. And yeah, cool. that is it. That's the episode. All right, guys. Peace.